Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody, and um, episode, we've got a good one for you. Episode 35. I can't believe it. I actually can't. Last... I, I felt like we were at episode 35 about seven episodes ago. Yeah. I'm like, hey man, isn't this episode 30-something-something? Something? Yeah. And, and you're all, like... no. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, no, man. And I'm like, I'm like... It's not episode 35? And, going, and you're like, no. I'm like, no, like ah, it's episode it's, 35. It's episode 35. Uh, last, last episode of 2016. Star Wars Lost Stars. Sorry, it's a book on Andrew's shelf. Yeah. I was just looking. Just I was that gazing off. Into the Lost Stars. Into the Lost Stars. The it, book cover. I do look at that book, like, every single episode. Like I, it's captivating that cover. Yeah, you know, you got the you got the star destroyer. So we, crashing into Jakku. Mm. So we have a cool episode for you. I I really? personally think this is I'm actually excited. one of our I'm coolest excited. ideas because this is our favorites <clears throat> of the year and yeah. our le- and some of our least favorites of the year as far yeah. as movies, comics, um, TV, TV shows. shows. Uh, you know, I, just... I might have to go out of my way and include a book. That really spoke to me this year. Um, not a self-help book. book? Um, yeah, a book. Did we read those books this year? Um, well, I didn't read... I know uh, Heir to the Jedi. Was I Force Awakens last year? Yeah. It seems so long ago. I didn't read Heir to the Jedi before Force Awakens came out. I know. I didn't. I don't think I read any of the books before Force Awakens came out. No, I don't. Th- we're, I mean, I'm sure some of them. Because I got some, I got some of them for Christmas, and then I bought the rest like afterwards. Because I didn't want to buy any, because I asked for some, and so I didn't want to buy any until after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I read a lot for 2016. Then you read more than anyone else that I know personally. Comics and novels put together. Well, <laughs> yeah, comics definitely. I'm pretty sure you read the entire shelf of Marvel Comics Library. <laughs> only, only from the years 1940 to 1970. Fair. True. True. Uh, so, I'm not really quite sure how similar our lists are going to pair up. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some similarities. I'm sure there'll be differences. As yes. there always tend to be with you and I. Yeah. Because we and... are we are really similar, but I think... Our brands work differently when we pick our very favorites and our least favorites. Well, and the very favorites come down to the the characters who who we enjoy more. Right. Yeah. But Absolutely. before we get into the lists, we do have two topics, just little tidbits of news. News, yeah. Um one is at the same uh, time maybe even slightly before you. True. True. Uh one, the, f- the first one is Gareth Edwards uh, has confirmed that Disney has a 4K. What? Gareward? E- Gareward? No, I, I, I was in my head. I was like, what if you had tied the the ends of those na- of, of his names to the to the different name? It would be like Gareward Edwards. Gareward Edwards. <laughs> That's a weird name. Um, but he confirmed that Disney has a 4K resolution version of A New Hope. So that could possibly mean that Disney is working on a 4K resolution for all of their mm. movies so they can do another release. Yeah, that's um, What he really did not cool. say was what cut 
they are in. Now, let's go full-blown... Premonition. Yeah, premonition. My, my premonition. Well, you, you, you go first. My full-blown speculation, premonition. This is a Star Wars dream. This is a Star Wars uh, nerd dream. Absolutely. Uh, this is not what I actually think is going to happen. This is what I want to happen. Right. We get A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, 4K, Blu-ray, release package, with theatrical cut, 1990s cut, and Blu-ray special edition cut. Right. Of all three. I'd, I'd love it. Boom. I'd love it. $130. Well, cause here's, <laughs> now, you know what would make me so happy about this? Yeah. Now, I know I would do this. I would hope that you, possibly our friends, would join in on this. Watch and compare all three of them. I, I would. I would do this. Now, I don't know if we'd go episode by episode, probably. And talk about every little nuance that changes, because... There are so many. You and I watched the first half or so of episode four on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And the sound Obi-Wan Kenobi makes to distract the Tusken Raiders when they get Luke. is different than I remember. It's different than the 90s cut. Which is the one that I grew up on. And then the special edition came out a year later, I think. Somewhere around the same time. Because they released... that There was a reboxing of the original movies, but they had made a couple changes. Oh, really? They enhanced the sound and did things here and there. Okay. And then they added CG a sec, uh, uh, another time. And then I believe there were at least two more two more times they changed after they put the special edition CG into the original trilogy. That's too many times. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, it's leave, re- like, leave it alone. Well, it's just funny because as a kid I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there's three versions. There's the one that I... The theatrical cut. The, the theatrical cuts that I had seen as a, as a kid... And then the nineties reboxing. So here's which changed audio and added some a scene. The only difference I remember Ouch. is the Frickin the job of the hut stupid song. Like that's the only thing I can remember being at. That's the only scene that I can remember being added. That so was, that scene, the, that, that, that scene and song was changed in the special edition. So you, you're probably thinking about you're probably thinking about the special edition for that one. Um. Do you remember how many versions of the of the movies you owned as a kid? Is that the only version you so, remember? So we had VHS copies. Right. That was... Those ones... The special edition did did come out when the movies were only on VHS at first. So... And those ones, I can remember, it had Yoda, Vader, and Obi-Wan Kenobi on the covers. Okay, so... Obi-Wan was on A New Hope. Yoda was on... No... Obi-Wan was on A New Hope, Vader was on Empire, and then Yoda was on Return of the Jedi. Okay. I, for some reason, remember, because Cameron, my friend, he mm-hmm. had... Um, and I, I don't, remember I don't, the, I don't know if the he had tops all... of the boxes were, like, pinkish-purple. Um, and then the rest of the... So here, I can't really remember episodes four and six, but I know Cameron had... Um, the reboxed 90s package of Empire Strikes Back, and that had a Stormtrooper on the cover. And it was a... It was a Stormtrooper, now is, that I'm remembering. Is that is that what it was? And was, was, was Vader on A New Hope? And Yoda on Return of the Jedi? Which makes no sense. 
Because Return because in Return of the Jedi Yoda he, dies at the does. beginning. Yeah. Spoilers. Um. <laughs> that was funny. I want to say, Obi Wan Kenobi was on one of them. He may very here. Let me. He look. may have been on A New Hope, and Darth Vader may have, may have been on Return of the Jedi. But now that you talk about the stormtrooper, that like that is coming back. Like that that makes sense. So. Do you mind talking for a second while yeah. I Google this? Because I, I really am curious now. Yeah, no, and so there's that there's that sound that Obi-Wan makes, and I remember the sound being, ooh, kind of like a, a weird, like, a weird creature sound. Um, mm-hmm. The one that they that's in the Blu-ray version that you have and that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, ah! Like it's weird, like yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an animal sound. Yeah. Do you remember? And then the theatrical cut, which we just watched recently, has like a. It's it, like a, it sounds almost like a ghost. Yeah. It's like. I actually think the original sound was the best. It wasn't over the top. It was it was a sound, but I didn't think it was like. There's there's something about the sound in the especially the most recent one. It just sounds way too forced. Yes, it's way too is, over the top. That is true. The one that I remember to me actually sounds the best. Which I'm I am positive. That's, this is the one that goes. Which it's kind of like this high pitched scream. I don't know if it's high pitched like that. Um, I forgot to type in VHS specifically because I don't think. Yeah, they were only... He makes a sound that I think uh, a wacky wave... Wacky arm... Wacky wave... Wavy inflatable tube man would make. <laughs> like, that's the sound I can... I, I imagine him making. My internet is being slow now. Okay, and we... Okay, I was right. So, A New Hope is Vader. Okay, yep, that's it. That's the... And Empire Strikes Back... Yoda is... Bro- Yoda is Return of the Jedi. Yes. So... That's the, that's the set I had. I'm trying to see, is this the special edition? And not the 1990s release? Because I'm positive we had that. Here is what you are thinking of, my friend. This one, A New Hope, Obi-Wan is the center, and then these are all... uh, We have the DVDs of that. Right, these are the special editions, yeah. and they redid the posters. They aren't the original. Dude, yes. dude, yeah, I know that because yeah. the New Hope is definitely different. No, but the because here's the original boxing, and I had yeah. the original New Hope, and I had because the, the original New Hope doesn't even say a New Hope on the cover. Right, it, it just, just says Star Wars. Because when the no, this is something. He, this he, is something that I want to go over because this kind of annoys me. Is how Star Wars keeps having to re-explain itself because. Lucas didn't pay attention to detail when he was doing a lot of these things. Um, we should just be able to call the first one Star Wars and have people know what it means, but because there have been so many Star Wars movies that have you know, come and gone over the years, we have to call it A New Hope, even though the original movie doesn't actually say that on the box. Yeah, uh, but I mean, there was the original name, the original movie he wanted to do, which was Chapter 2. Oh, uh, Guardians of the Wills. I didn't know that was yeah. Like that was called. that was the original thing of what he wanted to do, which kind of, in my mind, brings out the weirdness of the the episodes. He had already 
already decided that he wanted to do a story that was already happening. He did not want to do an origin. Yeah, I mean, with that, with that chapter two thing, I got the I got the idea that Lucas had so that, had a loose backstory in mind. But if you look at the uh, prequels, it's pretty obvious he filled in the blanks and kind of took yes, a lot of liberties. Yes, yes. but like, I'm, but I'm saying with the fact that after Star Wars, after A New Hope came out, mm-hmm. he was like, okay, this is going to be an actual series. People love this. Mm-hmm. I can now officially put on Empire Strikes Back. Uh, see, even that says Star Wars. I guess you're right. It really wasn't until... Um, he puts he puts in the scroll... Yeah, you're episode right, yeah. Four, episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it is Star Wars. Yeah. Yep, that's... I grew up on those DVDs. So, I mean, those, those I, think, I think they boxed... Those uh, very similarly, so I'm pretty sure you can find the exact same cover art for both the special edition and non-special edition releases. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because they re-released them in the 90s, somewhere around like 96. Uh, It was around the same time that Kenner started making the Power of the Force series for action figures, and I I think they kind of came out in tandem. That makes sense. Because I remember when the, that VHS came out, mm-hmm. that they they played a new they played a new hope in theaters, mm-hmm. and I'll have to ask my brother on this. I am positive though that I have seen a new hope in theaters. I have, and it was the special edition. I'm okay. pretty sure in the '90s they only put the special edition in theaters. Okay, I've seen that one in theaters. Yeah. Mm. Um. I mean, we don't. Okay, I, we've already pounded on the subject a great deal. I don't. I don't mean to beat a dead horse. I'm just saying that it's, we know it's utter confusion as a Star Wars yes. fan trying to talk about all the different sounds and mm-hmm. things, you know. There are so many times I've been watching Star Wars movies with friends and they're like, I don't remember that sound being in there and I tell them it's probably because the last time you watched this movie that wasn't the sound that was made. Yeah. Um, in the special edition, in Empire Strikes Back, when Luke falls down the shaft in Cloud City. Different sound. Um, originally he didn't make a sound when he fell. He, he just he let, just him, he just let himself fall. That. And they changed it, and you know what it is, what it is the sound of? It's the sample of Ian McDiarmid falling down the shaft in Return of the Jedi, and they changed the uh, vocal filter effect. That's stupid. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember him not like, making a sound. Well, I just, I remember being like, that doesn't even sound like Luke. Yeah. It sounds like an old man. Yeah. Because it is. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounded like Ian McDiarmid when he falls down the shaft yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Darth Vader rises. Lord Vader rises. Um, and oh, what joy. So, enough about the 4K resolution. To thy folly and thy death that, that I is, am owed. That is a, uh, a movie. That That is what we want, right? Mm. What I want is what you want. Like, that's what you would want. I would want that. Um... I would also take just the a Blu-ray of the, of the theatrical cut. A Blu-ray of the theatrical cut. The thing is, the only version that I really am sick of is anything that includes the added CGI. It's so bad. It's really dreadful. Like it's, it's really hard to watch a New Hope, and for and mostly new, a New Hope, because of the all the added crap in. Moss Eisley spaceport. I think what I want 
I want a a New Hope, a version of a New Hope that is remastered, mm-hmm. like they have done. Because the new, the Blu-ray versions, mm-hmm. they look beautiful. Yeah, definitely. They look beautiful, and they I enjoy the sound, like the enhancement of the sound. Not the sound changes, but just like right. the, the quality. Right. I don't mind the quality changes either. I want it's, that. It's, it's the without it's the, the tones added, without when they the change added, the tones. Yeah, without the added CGI. Yeah. There is a scene in Moss Eisley when they're they arrive, mm-hmm. and I I just don't know why. He added a giant CGI character, just creature, literally just walk right in front of the camera. Oh, yeah. Like, and it, it's always bothered me. And then we watched, we were watching the uh, theatrical cut version, and uh, the nothing appears. Like, as they... Yeah. <laughs> as they... It's funny. Nicely, and it was just, it was so much better. I just don't It's know. funny how he thought he needed to add more, because he said it didn't feel enough like a real... CGI. Well, at the time, I suppose it was an you know it was better than what we had had up to that point, which is why movies movies at that well, not even compared to Jurassic Park. No, and I would say the prequels had better CGI then. But the prequels came out after the special edition, the Blu-ray special edition, because he added more. I'm pretty sure the Blu-ray special edition was all them adding uh, sound and changing things like that. Um, all the CG scenes, like like the the computer generated size noodles and Max Rebo band in Return of the Jedi, the changing of the Wolfman face dude to that other crazy lizard guy in the Cantina scene in A New Hope, all those changes were th- th- those were, those, those, those were all in, yeah, in the in 1997. Okay. In 1997, it was the 20th anniversary, I remember he re-released those, he put them into theater, and of course, we all went, we were like, oh, this is so cool, because it's, it's like Star Wars, it's classic, but it, and it's kind of different, and as a kid, I actually liked the special editions more, because it meant more action figures, and there were a couple new characters, we gotta... Yeah, well, I was a kid, I didn't even care. Right, but there's just some things that are, it looks like the 90s kind of exploded out of these classic 80s movies, Yeah, and it just... One part that really annoyed me uh, was the added dewbacks on Tatooine, the creatures that the sand troopers ride on, and they have like four of them just kind of walking the around. Bugged, and the guy, or... the thing that bugged me as a kid uh, was going to or getting the DVDs and being like, "Oh, sweet." Star Wars on DVD. Right. I'm going to watch Return of the Jedi. What What the heck is this Ewok song at the end? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because I was so used to the original Ewok song. The the very original one? Yeah. Some and people then, didn't like it. Some people thought the special edition version was moodier and fit, fit the ending to Return of the Jedi a little bit better. Yeah, but it's, that's not an Ewok song. Like... I understand, and I agree with them. But it doesn't sound like an Ewok song. It does not sound... Like, I do not look at that and be like, that's what they would be singing. Well, here's that's my problem, like, mostly da, with... Da, 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 da. That part? It doesn't sound like an Ewok song. No. It sounds but, like world but, music. But that is... Because the original was like... Yeah, Da, 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 yeah, these da. are creatures that are tribal and live da, in trees. Da, da, 
Sorry. Moving on. No, we're not moving on just yet. We're not moving on. 4K resolution Blu-ray. That's what we want. (laughs) There's a storm coming. You said it was what you wanted. (laughs) Remember that line from uh, Dark Knight Rises? When Selena Kyle's... Once again, uh, I've only seen, I've only like, seen that movie There's once. a storm coming. It's what you wanted, and I just and I'm just like, I want to go to college and be a school teacher. <laughs> I've only seen that movie once. You should watch it more now that you have it on. I Blu-ray. have it on Blu-ray. Well, so all I'm all I'm saying is, ideally, I'd like all three to compare. Although yes. there there is one more Blu-ray cut after the special edition, so. I guess technically there are four or five versions. Well, that's why I'm saying the theatrical cut, the special edition, and the Blu-ray. Okay. We don't need the 90s one, because that was like small changes. Yeah. Because they kept those changes in the special edition. Yeah, you're right. All all the sound changes, I'm pretty sure, were were the same as the special edition. Anyway, so yeah, we can move on. Yeah. Um, so there was disheartening news uh, earlier this week. Very sad. Uh, Carrie Fisher had a heart attack on a plane. Um, she was unconscious, or her heart was stopped for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, thankfully, someone was able to perform CPR uh, and get her heart beating again. Uh, they raced her to the hospital, and she is now in stable condition. Um, but uh, it's just sad for her. Um, cause it most likely means her acting career is over. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is because any time that the heart is stopped for that amount of time, it's not pumping blood to the brain. Um, right. And so there's going to be a lot of brain damage. Gosh. Uh, and it's just going to be really hard for her. Uh, motor skills are just going to be a problem in general. And yeah, just thinking clearly, it's going to be hard. Um... I think something similar happened to the uh, great comedy actor Dudley Moore in the nineties. And pre- he he had health issues, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure one of it was one of them was uh, a heart attack and being basically comatose for too long. Mm. And he had such a hard time controlling his body. And there was footage of him like struggling with a cane, getting out of a car, and like walking on the sidewalk. And it's like, eh. yeah, it's sad when that has to end. Well. It's Someone's the same screwed, thing with uh, Tim Curry. Really? Tim Curry got had a stroke just recently, and so that's why he has, oh, that's why he's been how doing did that pass through. So that's why he's been doing voice animation, <clears throat> or yeah, voiceovers, because he can still do his awesome voice. But that's his, so sad. I can't believe that. His... I can't believe that I um, let that go over my head. Yeah. Because I really like him a lot. Yeah, he's awesome. I follow a couple... I feel like... Because I, I think I follow um, some page that every now and again posts uh, Rocky Horror stuff. or mm-hmm. And I feel like they should have posted something. Well, I, I feel like this was like five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize he had had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. He still does good voices like on Young Justice... Yep, and then he voiced Darth Maul. No, not Darth Maul. He voiced Palpatine. Palpatine in season five of Clone Wars. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, 
I'll say a prayer for Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And uh, keep her uh, keep her in your thoughts. You know, the one positive thing <clears throat> that I have to say about that though is uh, apparently General uh, Leia. I yeah, Gen- Organa. General Organa. I was gonna say Organa. Uh, her role is pretty important in Episode Eight, which is already filmed, so she she will have that that memory. So, Adam Driver has said now, he's spoken out now twice about how deeply impressed with Episode 8 he is. And he didn't say anything about Episode 7. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much he could say, but yeah. Well, they could, I mean, I'm sure they could say it's good or not if they wanted to. Yeah, I just, but no, a lot of the actors are saying a lot more about Episode 8 than they were about Episode 7. Episode 7, for, for coming out in 2015, mm-hmm. in this generation... This era of movies where spoilers are, you know, everyone tries to keep them in the dark. Yeah. Um, we're all afraid of them, actually. And they really kept quiet. They, yeah. They did a good well, job. Well, J.J. Abrams is really good at that. I mean... I prefer all, we, someone who lies and says, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy isn't in the movie, and then he is. I prefer that versus just finding yeah. out and I mean, having we all knew. spoiled. We, uh, spoiler for those who have not seen it. We all knew that um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character in Into Darkness is was Khan, but he was the one who was like, ah, he's not Khan. Yeah. Um, I don't care it, that he lied. He, yeah. it's, he, a lie that draws a smile is okay. Yeah. I mean, then again, I will with, say that Cumberbatch, an, isn't, Cumberbatch wasn't my favorite of the two Khans, but he did, yeah. a, did, he, he, yeah. he did a good job. I think... The cool thing with Force Awakens is he didn't even have to lie. Like, he he just didn't say anything. Right. I remember... Uh, I remember... Harrison Ford couldn't even say anything. Uh-huh. Like, no one could, which is crazy. These are the only movies where I, I know this. So I remember Harrison Ford on Conan O'Brien. Oh, and I love I, that. And I can't, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I can't remember how long before Force Awakens came out this was, but Conan said, I have here a hundred dollar bill. That's what it was, right? Yeah. He's like, a hundred dollar bill if you tell us one thing about Force Awakens. He, and then he, and then Harrison's like. Or had they even come out with a name yet? No. They, they They, said They had announced Force Awakens. And, and what I find funny is like, Harrison's like, I can't, I can't. And then he's like. $200. $200. And it's like... And he takes it. And he takes it. He goes... Yes. I, I hear they're making a new one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear they're making another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gosh. I love Harrison Ford. Yeah. He's so funny. I actually... Dry you know sense what? of humor ever. I don't think they had a name for it. I didn't... I don't I think, think it was so. just called Episode 7. Uh, and it was actually quite a bit before... Like he was, he was just on Conan. It wasn't yeah. for episode seven. Yeah, it wasn't an appearance. Yeah, I knew that. I knew it had to have been almost the like almost we, a year. Like we knew nothing. Yeah. yeah, not even a teaser, not a trailer. I think we didn't even no, know that we didn't no, even know no. that Harrison Ford was in it. Like we knew, but like it yeah, as fans we knew. Yeah, but because that's didn't why really know. That's why Conan was asking. He's like, "Just give me something." And then yeah. he's like, "I hear they're making another one." Um. But Force Awakens, it's so funny. So I vent to myself. Um, 
I think I was driving. I was driving in my car today, and I was like, "Gosh, it pisses me off so bad that people want to crap all over Force Awakens because the plot mirrors the first movie." I don't really care. I am so hungry for good Star Wars because my childhood was ripped apart by episodes episodes one, two, and three. With original plots. Yeah. That the, that were just garbage. Yeah. No. When I was, you know, nine, ten. Nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, yeah. however, how, however yeah, I think old that, that was when I mean, the first two came out. When did episode one come out? I think 1998 or 99. I was... I Turn was, of the century. I was six or seven when that movie came out. I remember seeing that in theaters. I'm pretty sure you... What's funny is you were six or seven when you saw that movie. Mm-hmm. I was I was six years old when I saw The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, really? Yeah. On, on VHS, though, right? Yes. I think I saw those when I was like four or five. But I'm also four years older than you. This is true. Or I was five, three, four. Four. You're 28? Yeah. I'm 24. Four. Four years old. Yeah. Four years old. Um, so, I am, well, what I was trying to say is that I'm so hungry for good Star Wars, and Force Awakens delivered us good characters yeah. with amazing visuals that weren't riddled with crappy computer-generated effects. Yeah. And the computer-generated effects they did use looked fantastic. Yeah. Very much uh, continue in Rogue One. Yeah. Looks awesome. I had a conversation with a a member at the uh, gym tonight that I work at, and he was telling me what he thought of Rogue One, and he loved it, and he didn't have anything to say that I didn't agree with, and... It seems like everyone likes it. However, I talked to someone recently who told me that a relative of theirs said, or they, yeah, said, yeah, they went there, um, dressed as one of the characters, super excited, came back, and they told us they didn't like it. And I was like, I guess that would be an anomaly then, because every single Star Wars geek that I've met from here to Kingdom Come yeah. loves Rogue One. Or at least thought it was solid. Yeah. Like, my one friend who told me uh, he didn't think it was as good as Force Awakens, still told me that he thought it was a solid Star Wars movie. Yes. Um, this is, to me, the closest we will ever get to... Not, not, I don't know why I said it for me. This is the closest we'll ever get to Episode Four. Yes. Well, yeah. Time, timeline-wise and just, and just style and everything, it's, it's, it's all there. Um... Force Awakens, I understand the plot is very similar to, to Episode but the, Four, but, but the it's just the so... settings, the environments are all different. Yeah, except um, for maybe Jakku. Jakku is similar to Tatooine, but but even then, the the encampment in Jakku is so scarce versus oh, yeah. Tatooine. The population is so much smaller, and they give us all those new creatures in Maz's uh, little hut cantina. The can- I guess it's a, a pub or a cantina, yeah. They give you so many new creature, new creatures and cool uh, Jim Henson esque yeah. puppets and things. And it was funny because uh, I was on a Star Wars page and one person commented that they were disappointed that we didn't see enough of the old uh, alien races from the first three movies. Go watch a New Hope. Go watch those movies. Yeah. Star, the Star Wars... This is a universe that is vast yeah. and deep. And it's not a problem that 
the people at Lucasfilm slash Disney are trying to show us new sides of that world as mm-hmm. long as they stay true to the style. Yeah. And we I, got and we got some new characters in Rogue One. Yeah. So take that haters. Yeah. I mean I think I think that Star Wars is at its zenith right now. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm happy. It's gonna get further. So certainly, Cody. certainly as a franch as a franchise, I don't know that it's ever been bigger. No, it's never. Been it's bigger. huge. It's everywhere. I went pop shopping tonight. Pop vinyls for that, n- anyone. Explain who knows. Uh, to people. To the people who don't for the, know for the layman. The layman. Uh, there's this genius idea of figures coming out called. Uh, they're called pops. You you you've seen them. Um, and they're like collector's toys. You can get bobbleheads and just little figurines. And they're way cooler than bobbleheads. Oh yeah. Well, bobbleheads are kind of lame. But they're opinion. like the new ones are bobbleheads. Like that's you don't see I mean, that as much cuz I don't take them out of the box. Oh, oh, I don't mean the idea of heads bobbling. I, uh, I mean I mean like the old school like just I mean the design. Oh, yeah. The yeah, the yeah. features yeah. look cooler to me than, yeah. than typical bobbleheads. Um you were saying. Hey, so uh, I got one for Christmas from a good friend, Kevin. Uh, and uh, it was Ahsoka from Rebels. So we were talking about tonight. So him and I drove all over town. And I got four more. I got Ezra, Kanan, Hera, and Sabine from Rebels. And it's my goal to get all the Rebels, uh, Star Wars Rebels characters. But just that, like that... We looked at all the different boxes, like, we were going everywhere trying to find them. Mm. <clears throat> and so we saw, like, we saw Podameron. Oh, nice. And we looked at the back, the back of Podameron, and it had, a, like, there was, like, 12. 12 other figurines on there. Mm-hmm. And we're like, then we saw General Hux. Mm-hmm. And we looked on the back, 12 different figurines that were on the other box. So wow. right there, that's, like, 24. And then I saw an... We saw a young Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> and on the back was Qui-Gon and General Grievous. So it was just really cool to see, like, each one was different. There's a Rogue One line that is Chimwa Inwe, uh, or Chimwa Inwe, and uh, there's Baze, uh, Cassian, there's like three different Jins. Uh, they three had, different ones? Yeah, different variants. <clears throat> they had... Uh, Darth Vader from Rogue One. They had the AT-AT drivers with the red, the red helmets. So, it's just it's big. The Star Wars merchandise, it's everywhere. I mean, I bought Star Wars cereal. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. Has anyone seen the pod race? <laughs> I'm no, a pilot, you know. No. Yes. All my life. What's up? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, pilot, you know. Yes, sir. Have you ever seen a pod race? No, sir. <laughs> no, that's pod race. We've been a set of no transmission. I think you have. Think Bye. You Bye. Bye. <laughs> I think the problem in the universe right now is no one's willing to help each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then also, Darth Vader, are you an angel? Are you an angel? So we're talking about something uh, Star yes. Wars related. Yeah, it's a voiceover of Anakin. Young, young Anakin. Anakin. Over Darth Vader from A New Hope for Ancillarius. It's pretty brilliant, it's because 
the part where Princess Leia walks in and she says, Darth Vader, he goes, are you an angel? And then he starts They live on, on the moons of Vega, yeah. I think. I think. And then she's like, I don't know I don't, what you're talking I about. You're, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he starts yeah. speaking in the language that, he, that Sebulba speaks. Yeah. And he's like, Tuloma Chupa Chapa Chawa. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. And then he's like, Iloma Nupa Deba Slaymo. And she's like, Thank what? you, Your Highness. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's good. Go check it out on YouTube. I just explained way too much of it. Yeah. It'd be way funnier if you hadn't heard all that. I'm sorry. Way to ruin it, Cody. But you know what? You uh, isn't ruined. Our favorites of 2016. Okay, so this is cool. We yeah. are discussing our favorite movies, comics, and TV shows of this year, yeah. and we're also gonna slide in our least favorites as well. Yes. And we'll probably slide in some honorable mentions. Absolutely. And uh, I think the way I go about discussing my favorites you know, might be a little different than yours. Um, meaning I might actually, I don't know, I haven't decided if I have a tie or not. Yeah. But you go lead us on okay. through the purple rain. Uh, I, I think we should do each subject off and on. <clears throat> so cool. my favorite movie uh and this isn't favorite movie like as in overall movies but my favorite uh geek comic book movie of 2016 is definitely definitely uh civil war and uh big reason for that is my boy spider-man woohoo my boy spider-man get it i think it up for the loaf yeah why did I say the loaf? The Holland. Give it up. Give, give it up for the Spider-Man. Yeah, I think the reason the loaf that it that it's up there, like Rogue One, would definitely be up there. But the fact that Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Peter Parker just made me so happy, and I was legitimately just smiling the entire time he was on screen. Yeah. Uh, it, it solidified that. Like, it, all my worries, everything about this new Spider-Man coming in, like, that was the moment where I went, okay, Marvel, I'll... It, you could make the most generic thing ever, and I'll, I'll give you money to go see it. Well, yeah, the kid's perfect for the role. Yeah. Um, and so that's... He... I, I will say he as Spider-Man is as perfect as uh, Chris Evans as... Uh, Captain America yeah. or, or Robert Downey Jr. as Iron, Iron Man. Man. He is... Or Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Yeah. Those are all perfect castings. Hemsworth as Thor. Hemsworth as Thor. Now, here's the thing I've noticed is when I when I watch a lot of movies where, with guys uh, who have that sort of Norse look with mm-hmm. the long blonde hair, and we were making this joke when we were watching Die Hard the other night, yeah. is a lot of them look like a knockoff Thor. Yeah. And Thor is... Or I should say Hemsworth is the only guy who is both Viking-looking enough and handsome-looking enough to pull off the that look and not look like a, well, a Kmart version of Thor. I think the the biggest thing that they've gotten right is every every time everyone uses, like, pure blonde. Like, they go pure blonde. Mm-hmm. Where with Hemsworth, it's like a dirty blonde. Like, it is very blonde. Right. But it's there's not, there's darkness to it's it. It's not which, complete what they call which, toe head. Yeah, which a lot of Norse had. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't Aryan. 
And right. so there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of depictions of Thor other than the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it he's he's giant, like he's just huge, um, j- like jacked, and he has a giant beard, and it's like it's a brown brunette beard, and mm-hmm. he just has long hair, and he just drinks a lot, and he eats a lot, and he just murders everything. Mm-hmm. And so, the the blonde hair Thor is a very Marvel comic book thing. I mean, I will say though. I mean, Norse. The Norse were, yeah, fairly I mean, blonde. Still, yeah, there I mean, was a lot of blonde Norse. But the thing that I like more about the Marvel, the Marvel adaptation, a lot of the Marvel adaptation. Uh, what I like more about Marvel's a- adaptation of the character Thor is he is a more noble character. I would, I would say yes. Like he starts off being a vain. Mm-hmm prideful guy but he is humbled Mm -hmm. and my my knowledge of the Norse god is he's kind of a prick yes for lack of a more eloquent term yeah but yeah so you know ultimate Thor is kind of weird he he is it's a different take on that character which is funny because ultimate Thor is actually the the character design of ultimate Thor is what they based Hemsworth off of. And also him not having a secret identity. Yes. But the way they do the character is different. Yes. Is it because, yeah, isn't the Ultimate Thor the, one of the versions of him where he is a drunk? Or he's. Ultimate Thor is drunk, yeah. Yeah. Like he just drinks all the time. Yeah. Um, but. Anyways, back to Marvel. Uh,. They've just done some solid casting choices, mm-hmm. and I would say kind of like when I saw that Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Tony Stark, I'm seriously excited because, like you said, this could be an average movie, but Tom Holland as Spider-Man is perfect. Yeah. And, and Tom Holland made me realize I didn't like Andrew Garfield that much. I thought yes. I did at the time, Yeah. and I, and I didn't. I, I don't know why... Like you were the guy who didn't like Andrew Garfield much from the beginning. From the beginning, and I, and I liked him because he was a better Spider-Man than yes. Tobey Maguire. And I will say that, like I, and compare. Okay, here's I, my, here's my note. Comparing Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man is very much like comparing Christian Bale and Michael Keaton as Batman. Christian Bale is easily the better Bruce Wayne. Yes. Michael Keaton is easily the better Batman. Yes. Andrew Garfield. Clearly, the better Spider-Man, but Tobey yeah. Maguire is so much better as Peter Parker. Oh yeah, it's just the dorkiest so, Peter Parker in the world. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, and it's it's really weird. And I don't think it's not Andrew Garfield's fault. First of all, the script poorly written. I think Andrew Garfield could have done a really loserish, nerdy Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I think he could have done it. Um, oh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not bagging on the guy's acting ability. No, I, think, I, think, I think he's a solid actor. Yes, I th- it's definitely the way the character was written. Um, they made uh, Spider-Man a, a romantic comedy with action thrown in. Yes. Which it's not. Uh, it's supposed to be a tragic comedy with action thrown in. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that movie was just bad. So uh, Civil War. Civil War is good though. That's your that's your fave. And uh, Spider Man was good. Freaking Black Panther, beautiful. Like, 
every bit of that character. Yeah, his just, fighting style, his costume, oh, all his that was crazy. Style was so good. Yeah, it was the, crazy. The triple kicks he would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spinning. The like, spinning. The, the flip kicks. The yeah. fact that they like put in the like when he landed, you could barely hear it. Yeah. Like, and him just climbing over everything. His speed. His tacticians. Like when he he uses the cars to get to Bucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the broness. Bronus between Bucky, Falcon, and Rogers, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just that moment, and this is actually the bro triangle. The bro triangle, not even just yeah. that, but the that scene where this is. So you have in Age of Ultron. Uh, that moment when Scarlet Witch goes and she like makes everyone see their fear. Mm-hmm. Uh. And Captain America's fear is that he's going to always be alone because everyone from his day is dead mm-hmm. and gone. And you see that. He's dancing with, uh, I forgot her name. Peggy? Peggy. He's dancing with Peggy. Um, and then she disappears, the whole band disappears. And in oh, his, yeah, 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 his yeah. mind, his, his life that he knew and the era of which... It was like that's they had the band and everything, uh, is gone and he'll never get that back and he won't get any of that back. That's his that would, I mean that would be the moment that he runs out into Times Square in present yeah. day New York. I was like, wow, this character's gonna feel very lonely. And you get and, that feeling yeah. as soon as that happens. And so the and that's the that is the biggest reason that I that was from the first Captain America. Yes, that's <laughs> the fir- at the end of the first Captain America. Um. It's beautiful how it happens in Civil War because Captain America has Bucky and yeah. who is his only friend from that era. Even though he has Falcon, mm-hmm. who is his like second best friend now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has... Uh, why am I forgetting all the names? Uh, Agent 37. I don't know why I know that. But the, the chick, Peggy's niece... Why am I? Um, I'm, I'm forgetting her name too. I think it's like Sarah. I don't think it's Sarah. I'm pretty sure it's Sarah. It's not Sarah. It's something. Um, Let's call her Rebecca because we know it's not that. Yeah. Uh, but he has her as a love interest, which is kind of weird since his love interest was her aunt who had died a few weeks before. Um, but they're on that. They're on the ship at the end when they're flying towards uh, where uh, Zemo is trying to unleash the rest of the... Or they think Zemo is trying to unleash the rest of the Winter Soldiers. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bucky says, like, how he's so old. Mm-hmm. And and Rogers is all like, you and me both, buddy. And it's yeah. Like, that moment you where... You felt like, finally... Like, Steve doesn't feel alone. Exactly. Like, he needs... He wants to hold on to Bucky. He wants Bucky in his life because Bucky is the last thing from his own life. Right. And he is his best friend. Like, this is the person he grew up Which with. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. <clears throat> and so... Not only that... Because someone was bringing this up to me. They are saying, I just don't believe the... I don't believe the the hardship between... Captain America and Iron Man. They they were saying they did they it was never it wasn't 
convincing that this they're that they're batting heads together, bashing heads together mm-hmm. kind of thing was a tragic enough of of the friendship. Like it didn't feel tragic of the friendship. And I so I started thinking about it. I wanted to take it into consideration. Um and I they hit it on the head because that was my one complaint of going into Civil War uh, after Age of Ultron. At the end of Age of Ultron, I went, these two guys are work friends. Like, they are not outside of work friends. At no moment have these two guys joked around with each other in a friend, friendful, bantering way. They really should have done something about that. So... So there's that. That was my that was my worry. By the end of Civil War, and I've seen it multiple times now, I understand that is not the problem. That is a problem on one side of the situation. Nowhere in the movie does Captain America say, Tony, Tony you are my friend. Iron Man, we are friends. Nowhere in the movie. And he he doesn't even like have a hard time saying no if this means losing a friend losing Tony as a friend. Right. Tony, who is truly alone, especially now that Pepper's gone, the only person he has in his life is uh, Rhodey, mm-hmm. thinks that the people he hangs out with the most at work as Iron Man mm-hmm. are all his close friends. Right. Because he hasn't had a lot of close relationships. He thinks anyone who talks to him and he knows a little bit is a friend because he doesn't have deep connections with right so at the end when captain america says this guy is truly my best friend this guy is my friend and tony's like i thought i was your friend it's that moment where you see tony has been fighting this battle he's tired and someone brought that up he he just looks tired he acts like tired he's tired yeah he's totally exhausted he's exhausted and he gets to this moment where he realizes that him and captain america aren't the friends he thought he was Captain America's known it the entire time. Captain America's always cautious around Tony. Mm-hmm. Captain America won't even like hesitate. You see it in Age of Ultron to throw a shield at Tony mm-hmm. um, if it means uh, saving humanity. Um, and you you get that all the way throughout. Uh, you, we also see that Iron Man. I mean, Captain America has more respect for Iron Man's father. Than he does for Tony. Yeah, oh yeah, they talk about that <clears throat> a lot. A, well, there's at least isn't there a line where he says something? Like, he he says that he had oh, more respect for him. He said it in Avengers. Uh. So that. So it was funny because someone was trying to use that as a criticism of the movie, but after thinking about it, uh, to me it solidified the movie. Even more. Because Tony. And Steve weren't on the same page in any way. They're not on the same page. And the tragicness isn't their friendship. Their tragicness is, at the end of the movie, realizing that they had no friendship in the first place. Right. Yeah. I always thought that line shouldn't have been in the trailer. The, I thought, uh, when, when, when he says, like, so was I. Yeah. Because the way it's conveyed is, like, it's just dawning on Tony now that, like, uh, this guy wasn't 
considering me as friend. Mm-hmm. So I didn't personally. I didn't know why it should have been saved for the movie. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but that good that pick. Is, that is why Civil War is my number one. Uh, least favorite for me. Uh, and the movies we're picking are only movies we have seen that came out in 2016. How are we doing this? Are we, are we I, alternating favorites? I will like like you'll go after this. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we had to explain ourselves in front of yeah. you, listeners. Uh, so I can't put uh, Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse on this list anywhere. Yeah, I haven't I, seen it. Either. I didn't see it. <clears throat> um, uh, this may come as a surprise because it's uh, it's one of two movies. <laughs> like that's that's really uh, BVS. BVS was one of your least favorites. Uh, yes, it was my least favorite. Uh, the reason Batman vs Superman, as much as Suicide Squad, is a terrible movie, and I wanted to leave halfway through it, I didn't have high expectations for Suicide Squad. And so, for me, for Batman vs Superman, the amount of disappointment I had coming out of that movie. And you, I mean, you saw me, like, afterwards. Like, we saw it together. Yeah, Ben and I weren't as disappointed as as, you were. And I was, I was, like, distraught. Like, I was so disappointed. Uh, And it's, the reason why is because I didn't have expectations going into the movie, so I wasn't, I wasn't there to be odd. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was able to pick out all the flaws as they were happening. Mm -hmm. And... And pacing is a really big thing with me with movies. Uh, if you can't get the pacing down, uh, it it bugs the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that. Character choices for almost every single character, except for two, uh, did not scream. These are the comic book characters that you grew up on. Right. In any way whatsoever. And that that hurt a little bit, uh, just with, especially coming from Marvel movies, which, you know, I I know, I know you're, you're explaining like because this is your yeah. your your movie. The one thing I gotta say that was really a letdown for me with be, with BBS was well, a Lex Luthor, yeah, but b honestly Henry Cavill being so glum, yes. all the time, and then honestly, no one's pointed this out. Everyone keeps pointing out how Lois Lane needed to be less of a damsel in distress. I don't really care about that because Lois at times kind of was that yes. in the comics. Let's be, let's, oh, she let's, was let's that, be real. She was that almost 100% of the time. Well, not 100% because she was she was out in the field getting her hands dirty. Yes. But she would get into trouble. Yes. Um, my problem is... And I'll, and I'll just backpedal a little bit. Am I the only one who thinks that Amy Adams doesn't feel like Lois Lane? She doesn't seem I like... Liked, I she liked doesn't her, seem like I liked her in Man of Steel. I liked her okay in Man of Steel, but in this one, she just... She didn't even feel like Lois Lane to me. Yeah. With with BVS. I am that way. And it's... Her personality just didn't seem like BVS. The, the weird her, thing... Her, her, BVS. Her is, personality didn't seem like Lois to You me. could take out Lois and the entire plot line with Lois, and the movie would not be affected in any way. No, all it did was kind of... Make the plot line, plot line a little more contrived. It was like it was like they're trying too hard to make these two plot lines coexist. Yeah, literally the one with Lex and the one with whatever 
whatever her reporting work on the side was. Remember that? That was tied to Lex. Yeah, it was tied to Lex. I'm just like, why? Like, they did all of this big stuff, and it's like, oh, we might figure something out. And then at the very end, you just figure out that Lex was behind it all. Which... And I was just like, oh, okay. We kind of figured. So, you... He did all this so he could lure her to her a helicopter pad so that he could push her off to summon Superman it's to just, then go fight Batman. It's just weak. In under an hour. Man, it, that was... Yeah. And the whole time I'm just like, why does she care about bullets that are untraceable and then... I don't know. It was, like, that bugged me. Lex Luthor bugged me. Superman bugged me. This is the most depressing Superman we've ever gotten. Oh, yeah. And... Well, he's a depressed Superman. Yeah. And And just, like, that's depressing to watch. Yeah. The... Crack a smile. The beauty of Superman... You can have the most depressing movie in the world. Yeah. But Superman not being depressed. Filled with hope. Right. And you can make a beautiful Superman movie. Because that is the beauty of Superman. He is the Boy Scout. He does not give up hope. He always fights. And he does it with a smile. He will save anyone. He will save a cat from a tree. And give it to an old lady with a smile on his face. He was saving people from burning buildings. And it was like, ah, I hate this. I have to keep doing this. They don't even care. Yeah, Superman, that's not his attitude. Yeah, Superman never did anything for the for the attention of people or the the praise of people like he just did it because he knew it was you, the right the, thing that to do. last word you used there was perfect superman was not about praise the fact yeah. that this superman was a superman who felt like oh i'm unappreciated that's like yeah. that's just not who he was well and the problem also, is they put, they, they, they put him in, they put him into a universe where that was part of the plot line yeah. and sadly that's kind of new territory we we haven't seen superman in a movie uh universe or in any 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 version uh i guess well a little bit in kingdom come where the world was like unsure of what was going to happen again um because when you think of the old superman movies and the old comic books the world worships superman yeah he's the messiah of the dc universe yes um and I think they just ha- they they could have done a good job with this where Superman is you know he's under pressure he's under fire from yeah. from the world but he does it with a smile on his face and they they did a 180 on that and they had him be depressing and yeah. it was just it wasn't the best fit for Superman and I'm just their take on him wasn't. I also the feel like and they just forget in this movie that Superman has X-ray vision. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> there's so too. many scenes in this movie that would have been would have been fixed with X-ray vision. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Alfred is able to find his mom's location before he can. Oh gosh, I know. Yeah, and then there were a lot the of wheelchair scene in the courtroom. If Superman, like, would have scanned the room with his oh, X-ray yeah. vision, he'd be like, there's a bomb in that guy's wheelchair, like, throws the guy out of the wheelchair. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost as if we've forgotten that he has other powers besides strength and flying. And the laser eyes. Which they don't use too often, but... They used it in the Zod fight, or the 
the Doomsday fight quite a lot. I guess you're right. And then as much but then, as... But then mostly just have him beat As much the crap as I people. loved Ben Affleck's Batman, I, I still can't get over the fact of just how, how brutal he was. Not just the brutality, but the carnage. That's what I. That's what I mean. Yeah, but the brutality is there because I think of the the hand to hand combat. Like he was just brutal. Oh, like, oh yeah. I mean, like, like I don't. I don't. I guess with the brutality, I don't mean the hitting. Yeah. I mean the unrelenting firing of his Batmobile's machine yeah, guns. Yeah, the machine like guns. That. The tow towing a car to the point where it's just exploding Destroying. all over the the streets. Uh, the stupidity of putting a tracker on a truck. And then immediately chasing down the truck. <laughs> yeah. Like, that doesn't make it really. I was confused. I was like, why is he following the truck? I was actually excited. I'm like, oh, he's putting a tracker on a truck. He's going to be like all detective mode. He's going to like, yeah, he's going to slowly figure out where this is going. He's going to then like go inside the building mm-hmm. and do research. No, I'm just going to put this on it and then start shooting everyone with machine guns. Yeah, and then the fact that Batman's detective work was all done through email. Oh my gosh. That's a little lame. Yeah. The oh. one good Batman detective scene in this movie was uh, at the party. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Where he acts all Bruce Wayne-ish. <laughs> yeah. No, Affleck, I have faith in him making the Batman movie. Yeah. I think that's going to be cool. It's called. It's going to be called The Batman, right? The Batman, yeah. And I'm kind of excited for that. That's a cool title. Um, so that is my least favorite movie of the year. So, now we're going to me for my, for my personal yes. favorite. Yeah. And then we alternate back and we talk about comics and TV shows. Yep. We really, we get to talk more about ourselves this episode really than any we ever have. And that's saying something because we have indulged before. Yeah. Um, so, I understand that Batman vs. Superman is a more important movie. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking characters. We're talking <laughs> concepts. Yeah. Batman vs. Superman mm-hmm. should have been the greatest superhero movie ever made. Should have been. Should have been. I, I. You were excited for it. I was excited for it even though I understood that there was a very, very strong or pardon me, a very, very solid possibility that it wouldn't be very good. Um, and originally I came out of it less let down than I thought I was going to be based mm-hmm. off of the opinions that I had heard from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was talking to Ben Schultz after mm-hmm. we came out of the theater that night, he told me the same. He told yeah. me he thought totally disjointed. There were a lot of problems. Lex Luthor was terrible. Overall, still kind of a fun movie. Now, the action sequences in Batman's fight scenes, as I've said before on the show at least a couple times, or on the podcast, rather, um, are fantastic, fantastic and reminds me so much of Arkham City, yeah. and I love, I love the costuming, and I thought mm-hmm. all that was cool. I thought the movie was, the movie was um, weak, and it was very disappointing. However... It is not my least favorite movie of the year because I'm pretty sure I felt the way about Suicide Squad that Eminem felt the, 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 as the way Eminem felt about boy bands in the late '90s. <laughs> like, like it was just a waste. like 
where he has a line in the song where he says, I just sit back and watch and get nauseous. And that's how I felt when I watched Suicide Squad. I was like, I need a stiff drink and to go home to my room and think about things because this movie was so much... It it had so much of what I don't like in this generation uh, of... Society. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Hollywood is kind of a reflection of the extremity of society. And before you go on, uh, Cody is more forgiving of movies than I am. In almost every case. Like, I am more critical. And my my scoring for movies is usually lower than yours. Would you say? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was just letting you talk. Uh, I gave this movie, like, a four... No, like, you gave it a five, didn't you? Oh, did I give it a five? Yeah. I I then changed it because then I talked about how I kind of just wanted to leave halfway through. Mm. And then someone said, you don't give a movie a five if you want to leave. So I was like, I'll knock oh, it down. Oh, I said that. Okay. I so said I, that, yeah. So I knocked it down to a four. Cody gave it like a one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is rare. Like, this is rare that Cody gives a movie a less, like a worse score than I did. I just... Did you have anything more to add? No. I'm just, okay. Uh, that's the anecdote. No, that's true. I remember walking into Andrew's room and, uh, you know, where we do our podcast here, and my head was hung low, my shoulders slouched, and I was like, man, that was... I was I, worried that you was, were going to like it. No. You were yeah. worried that I was going to like it? Yeah. I was I, worried you were going to come back and be like... I was honestly... Six hours, six, seven? agony ten. through it. I just thought... Yeah. So many of the lines were bogus. Like the part where there was just this exchange between uh, El Diablo and Deadshot, where he's like, "You gotta let that demon through." Uh, what, what does he say? He's like, you "Gotta set that demon free." I said, and he's like, "I'm cool, homie." Just, and, and just yeah. like their their banter that was meant to like make them seem I don't know because they're both from the streets. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like we're from the streets. Which is you, funny because Deadshot is not from the streets. I know. But he was in this. Yeah, I know. He wore a pimp oh hat God. and a pimp coat. I... <sighs> Cody, this Which movie honestly is made, so bad. It made, like, me, it made me want to laugh more than it made me get nauseous. Where I really got nauseous was... Now, I love classic rock, but by, like, the eighth classic rock song snippet in a row, I was like, okay, what is this, 92.3 KGON? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need to hear... Yeah, like, so, I, so there's that, and then... Um, objectively, I will say that, like... Objectively, this is the worst movie of 2016. Suicide for, for geek or superhero movies? Yes. Uh, Possibly. Subjectively, period. it's not for me just because of the disappointment of BVS. Like, that was my least favorite experience. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, for the... Don't get me wrong, listeners. Uh, Suicide Squad is a worse movie. I, I am saying that right now. It is it is it is so bad. So I have here yeah a little list a little list uh, A B C D okay good alphabet just so you guys know I'm that glad I'm, you got that the I'm letters. organized glad, glad you got the lizard letters in the correct order. I did get them in the correct order this time. That's good. So um, A yeah the story. Didn't really make sense. No. I was never convinced that this villain and this premise was a problem that needed to be solved by a group of 
homicidal criminals, mm-hmm. street crooks, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley Quinn going up against a supernatural character makes no sense at all. None. Okay. B. I want to talk more about that story after all. We can keep going. No, yeah. this. I'm just listening enough. B. Terrible computer graphics and generation. Yeah. I think... What the hell is the name of the villain again? Enchantress? Enchantress. I always want to say Temptress, and then I'm like, no. (laughs) Giving her too much credit. Yeah, yeah, Enchantress. Her stupid little dance at at the, whatever, the last half hour of the movie. It's the entire time. Did she do that the entire time? Yeah, as soon as she becomes like... But you see see it the most the last 40 minutes of the movie. Uh... Right? Anytime it shows her, she's doing that stupid dance. Well, okay, so so that that dance was dumb, but it did not help how cheap and corny the special effects looked. Yeah. Um, and along with terrible, uh, along with uh, terrible CG, I will include overuse of slow motion, mm. as BVS suffered from as well. Oh my god. BVS suffered from it more, I think, but yes. but uh, my problem with. Uh, Suicide Squad was them using it to intensify moments that weren't that weren't really that intense. Yeah. Um, and like I said, uh, Enchantress is, is a lame villain, so that for me that's that's letter C. Mm-hmm. Um, D was the repetitive gratuity of Harley Quinn's body and making her this really sensual character. My problem with I mean, I, I, I had a problem with DC just making Harley Quinn more sexualized in the last 10, 15 years in general as a kid who watched the animated series where Harley Quinn was first introduced. Yeah. Um, because even though she's a psychopath, she has this underlying influence, mm-hmm. or not influence, this underlying innocence um, that kind of derives from the character who she was before the Joker yeah. corrupted her. Um. She has this kind of naivety mm-hmm. to her, and and um, I thought that that perversion of the character and having her lean forward or backward and close ups on her butt and mm-hmm. everyone stops and stares and she goes, "Wait, huh? What? Me?" Mm-hmm. They did that like six times in the movie, mm-hmm. and they just tried way. T- they were just reaching, and they mm-hmm. tried way too hard. To sell the sex in, in this movie with her. And I get that Margot Robbie played her. And I get that Margot Robbie is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm just saying they didn't really need to do that. And they could have even made her sexy and appealing without being as tacky as they were. And actually, that's what it comes back to. At the end of the day, this movie, the stylization of it, how they tried to make it very urban and kind of hip-hop influenced and, and you know, very ghetto and ratchet and, and just kind of uh, grimy, but in like a, I don't know, in like a cheap gangster movie kind of way. Um, it just left this really, I don't know, gross taste in my mouth. Like mm-hmm. it, it just... All of it just sort of spiraled into this fugue of dreadful nastiness. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so, I was so let down when I saw the movie. It was just, 
so depressing to know that I had just seen the worst Joker that I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> yeah. And it's not... I'm not saying Jared Leto's a bad actor. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah. But he's the worst Joker we've ever had. Yeah. Don't you just love it when he puts his hand up to his mouth? And, <laughs> and then my favorite's when he puts it up to other people's mouths. That was dumb. Oh my gosh. The fact that you even said that facetiously just makes me sad. <laughs> Um, okay, so... Favorite that, movie, then. Let's, 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 let's brighten the day. So, that was, so that was my least favorite. That was your least favorite. So, my favorite movie this year, um, there were three that I really, really loved. Um, I had to sort of categorize a little bit, and then... Even then, I ran into a fork in the road with two of them because I had two separate reasons for liking them. Um, but I'm only going to include two. I'm not, even, I'm not going to talk about the okay. one that I was considering. So, too much backstory to go into. That's fine. As to why I picked it. Um, if we are talking movies, mm-hmm. even if, let's let's say hypothetically this was just a movie podcast. Yeah. This is the movie that I would tell you was my favorite movie this year. Okay. Star Wars, Rogue One. Good choice. Easy. Um, before I get into that, I will mm-hmm. say what is my choice if we're just talking movies based off of characters who originated from comic books. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Magic. Um, the fight scene at the uh, airport. airport was just magic. A million times over again. Just Beautiful. Ugh. It was so beautiful. And the fight between Tony and Steve, I thought Steve was going to kill Tony, and it scared me. Yeah. I, I thought Steve was going to kill him. I really did. Yeah, I know. And I was like... Or I thought he'd be... I thought he'd be comatose or something. Yeah. And even though they didn't kill anyone off, I was like... I was really thinking that, that something was going to happen, and I was just scared. And the fact that they pushed it to that point was, I think... I think it was ballsy. I know some people think it wasn't ballsy enough that there wasn't... Because, uh... Was it Falcon? Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Who... Maybe for a second you thought he was gone. Yeah. And he, we just found out he was just in critical condition. and he mm-hmm. was, yeah. So I know some people thought it wasn't ballsy enough that Rhodey didn't die. I don't have a problem with characters not dying. I don't think that is what was needed to push the story along. I think they rattled the cage by pushing it to the point that we, I mean, I seriously thought mm-hmm. Steve was going to murder uh, Stark in that last fight. Um, it, it pulled on my heartstrings, and it, it really got me uh, thinking about you know, all the things you talked about with Tony and Steve, and I don't need to get into that anymore. But like, so... Yeah, I, I liked it for all the same reasons you did. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to like that movie. It's a very easy movie to like. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Rogue One. Now, we already talked about this movie, so I don't really feel like I need to go into... I mean, recently. We, yeah. we very recently discussed this movie. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but one thing that I thought was so beautiful about it was they could have given us a movie where... They had a good story, but maybe, like, they got the plans and it didn't 
leave off in the area in, in the spot that it did mm-hmm. and it really it wasn't just like oh this is how the plans were jettisoned or the, how, the, how, the, how the transmission was sent mm-hmm. it was like truly pressed up right knocking on the door yeah of the beginning of a new hope yeah and the way they did that that setup made watching a new hope the other night more enjoyable for me yeah the fact that they made a star wars movie that made watching my favorite Star Wars movie better. Mm-hmm. It kind of it reinvigorated my love for A New Hope even more. Yeah, um, that was a treat, and they gave us these beautiful characters who, though they're not in the rest of the movies for you know obvious reasons, mm-hmm. um, you really felt for these soldiers and these spies who were working their asses off to preserve freedom or to, to probably not preserve restore freedom to the galaxy yeah and uh like i said on the show before it was you know it's the first time where i felt like whoa like this is it's a science fiction fantasy setting but you really are fearing for the lives of these people as they're mm-hmm. running from a guy with a lightsaber yeah yeah so rogue one man good movie go see it it's in theaters yeah and Civil War is on Netflix, so watch that too. Or buy it. That was, I couldn't believe that, and then you told me that it's the Disney Netflix thing. Yeah. Disney's gonna own the world. Yep. <laughs> Disney and Google. <laughs> uh, yeah, so moving on. Donald this one's Trump. probably gonna be <laughs> shorter, which is uh, favorite TV shows and least favorite TV shows. Now, you could probably guess what my favorite TV show of 2016 was your favorite TV show of 2016? Yeah, Agents of Shield. Yeah, I yeah I, it was. I, I was pretty uh, sure that's what it was. I loved Daredevil season two, but uh, for I wish me, you wouldn't foreshadow. But for me, oh my gosh. Uh, but to me, I. I do think season two, as much as I love Punisher, was weaker than season one. Um, as a whole. As a whole. There are parts of season two that are infinitely better than season one. But, as a whole, uh, it's weaker. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just is solid. Like, it is solid. And we talked about the end of season two. Or season three. Mm-hmm. We're on season four now. Season 3's ending was uh, incredible. Incredible. One of, probably the best like TV show f- season finale I've ever seen. That's what you were and saying. The mo- and most emotional. Like, just amazing. And then season 3 is off the charts awesome. I mean season 4. I know I keep saying that I need to actually... Season 4 is off the charts awesome. Go ahead and watch it. But you really need to go ahead and watch it. <laughs> uh, and then my least favorite uh, would probably be I tried I watched an episode of Supergirl <laughs> and uh, I was done after the one episode. The one episode, huh? Yeah. So Supergirl would probably be my least favorite. So. My very favorite was Daredevil season two. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not really convinced that I enjoyed season one more. I get that it was a more perfectly made season. Mm-hmm. I get the, I get consistency wise it was, and honestly, like Electra, I'm not a huge fan of Electra in season two of Daredevil. Yeah, not because I thought it was terrible. I just the the moments with Electra weren't my favorite moments. Yeah. Um. That doesn't change the fact that out of all the shows that I watched in 2016, Daredevil wasn't still my favorite. Yeah. I just think... I think that... Uh, was it Charlie Cox? That yep. his name? Yeah. Charlie Cox and uh, John Berthel, um And... Uh, what's his... Uh, Hanson. Uh, the guy who plays Fulton Reed in D2 and D1 and D3. Foggy, uh, Foggy. Yeah, I know Foggy. I just don't know the actor's name. I'm trying. I can't remember his name. Anyways, I Fulton thought, Reed. Yeah, Fulton. Fulton <laughs> Reed. No, I just thought that um, those three guys in, in season two, you know, were mm-hmm. were so solid. And Deborah Wolf was good as well. Deborah Ann Wolf. Yeah, she was good. I liked her more in season one. This is true. Um, but and also season one had the great acting. From uh, Rosario Dawson. Yep. Uh, isn't that her name? Yep. Yeah. Um, she was fantastic in season Best one. Best part of Luke Cage, in my opinion. Was, was she... Did she end up being in that show? Oh, that's right. You didn't watch that. Okay, so yeah. that get, that brings me to this. So I yeah. watched three episodes of Luke Cage. And I'm sorry, folks. I just felt no need to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a couple reasons... Um, When I was watching it, I happened to be listening to a lot of rap music at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's two reasons why this affected my, my distaste for the movie. I had kind of warned myself... TV show. M- TV show. I will say the quality of it is very movie-like. Yes. The production. Maybe maybe more than uh, Daredevil. It looks very much like a movie to me when I watch it. Y- yeah. Daredevil and Luke Cage, to me... Just the production's amazing. Yeah, Netflix TV shows overall. But I couldn't bring myself to go past the third episode because no matter what I did, um, no, no matter what mindset I tried to put myself in before I watch each episode, it just kept depressing me because it didn't feel far enough from home. Um, I had been listening to a lot of like gangster rap and... Um, I have friends who are interested in the whole social justice movement going on right now and a lot of just the idea of gang violence Mm -hmm. and especially having to do with minorities in uh, the cities. It just felt like, in a way, and this sounds weird, maybe insensitive, but it felt almost too close to home, like too, too, too relevant and it was just depressing to me. Oh, okay. And when I can't, escape a little bit when I'm watching fiction if it's just making me if it's just making me sink mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested also I didn't like that that villain had Biggie Smalls on his wall because Biggie Smalls in my opinion is one of the most overrated rappers of all time okay not that he's not still a fantastic rapper and I will challenge anyone on this so I'm more of an East Coast uh, fan of rap okay which is interesting because Biggie Smalls is a West Coast rapper. Mm-hmm. Or, pardon me, pardon me. You know what? No, no. 
No, no, no. He is. I'm, I'm totally wrong. He is an East Coast rapper, but he is highly liked for some reason by West Coast artists because of the, the style of music is more like party rap, mm-hmm. more, more like you know, boobs and beer. Yeah. Whereas like, tri- people who usually are into the East Coast sound are really into guys like Nas and the Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny because they were in Pop Star. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, so at and, the time, and Wu Tang. Um... No, Method Man. Method Man's in Luke Cage. That's really cool. I didn't. Yeah. I, 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 so yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know something about that was like a little side put off. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like that was like the main reason. It was just like um, me being so into uh, the earlier East Coast artists like Public Enemy and um, Rock Him. I was just kind of like, really, they put the most up there with Tupac. I mean, he's that he's that guy's like, oh yeah, he's Biggie's the goat. He's the greatest of all mm-hmm. time. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's the same as people who think that. It's the same people who think that, uh, like Bob Marley is the greatest songwriter of all time, or that John Lennon mm-hmm. is the greatest Beatle. I don't know. But they all belong in the same corner. Mm-hmm. Now this, guys, this is totally a subjective rant. I'm not yes. saying I'm not saying any of this is educated. This is me. <laughs> this is more me talking out my butt than I have ever on this whole show. This yeah. is totally personal preference. Yeah. If that had been a, a a portrait of Nas on his wall, I'd have been like, represent, represent. And then you'd have people be like, what? But Nas even wrote the song "New York State of Mind." Why shouldn't not? I don't know. I, I get it. I get that Biggie Smalls was the was the bigger pop icon. He was the bigger cultural icon. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Also, it, uh, also, I felt like they were Biggie's not alive anymore, right? No, he was he was killed back in the nineties. I think that also might have something to do with it. I'm sure it does. No, I'm I'm sure there's a good explanation for it. There also, was just, there just was just some use... there was just something about it that put me off, and I think a big part of it was at the time I'd been listening to some NWA. I'd watched Straight Outta Compton. I've been listening to Ice T and um, uh, Easy E and Ice Cube and all those guys at the time, and I think by the time that I watched that scene where what's his name Pop, what's the what's the guy who owns the shop, the the barber shop? Yeah, Pop. By the time that incident happened, where he spoilers, where, yeah, spoilers. When that happened, I was like, you know what? I think I've had a little too much gangster life, yeah, in my own, and I kind of need to get away from this. At some point, I might go back and, re- and revisit Luke Cage. It just was not my personal favorite experience yeah. of 2016. So, anyways, Makes sense. yeah, Luke Cage. Um, then on to the final moment, which is uh, comic books, which is what we're all here for. Uh, my favorite comic book is the one. That made me tear uh, like a little baby. I bet you were going to say tear up, tear down, tear sideways. What were you going to say? Tear like a little baby. Tears coming out of my face. Flames. Flames, flames on flames. the side of my face. It's just so hot. Uh, Flame, breath. Heaving, heaving, heaving breaths. Uh, rebirth. The DC. DC Rebirth. Right. Uh, 
and not not just the run, but the the, the single issue that came out. Uh, with Wally West, my boy, my all-time favorite Flash, my gin, my ginger redhead. That's the same thing. I don't know why I said that. Your ginger redhead. My ginger your, redhead. Your little ginger snap. My my ginger snap came back, came back to us after five or six years of not having him. And the way they brought him back oh. was beautiful. Oh. That scene with him and Barry Allen. That was one of my favorite moments, for sure. And then having I love that. Aquaman propose to Mira after five or six years of them not being together. Mm-hmm. And then you have classic Superman come back. Ugh. Ugh, Cody. My heart. Oh, was yeah. Full. It was good stuff, for sure. And then it's... And then it... From Rebirth uh, started probably my favorite run of the year, which was the Superman Rebirth series, which is just wonderful. That's your favorite? Yeah. But the Rebirth, the Rebirth uh, single issue, the DC Universe Rebirth, Mm -hmm. uh, is definitely my best of the year, 2016. Mm. My least favorite... Was Angela? Uh, it's a Marvel title. Angela, something, something. I don't know. Asgard. It's lame. It's dumb. I, I, it's. Well, you've read so much this year that I don't know yeah. that I could count on anyone to keep track of it. Yeah. Uh. You might need to have a bookkeeper or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like literally a comic bookkeeper. I stopped. Reading Marvel comics because of this one uh, comic, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because it it did what Marvel comics is doing right now, which is shove anything political or social. Like I'm okay with progressive stuff. I don't like. I don't care. But when it's just in my face, and it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I get that this is a thing. Totally cool. Stop. Stop this. Like, this isn't a common thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and I don't know. Just the, I, I read like three or four issues, and by the end of it, I was just done. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the character. Uh... To me, what's her name? Angela. She she was introduced. I want to say in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and you find out she's actually the half sister of Thor. Uh, and she's she's really cool. She's a really cool character, and mm-hmm. I thought she was a cool character in Guardians when I was reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this. The storyline, though, is just like, I would have been fine if, with just the fact that she was, I mean, she's a lesbian. Uh-huh. And I would I would have been like, okay, it makes sense. She grew up with women all her life. That's the only thing she knew. Okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally fine. The fact that they made it so sexual is what bothered me. Yeah. It was like, you could have just made this a love story between these two women. Mm-hmm. 
without having them making out like every five pages or every three two to three pages yeah it's like and just making it so weird and i don't know that that's what bothered me just because like with the amount of you're trying to progress Mm -hmm. socially uh you're going backwards with making this all about the physicality of it all yeah it's a backwards way of thinking and and uh i mean let's say for the sake of argument that that was somehow progressive progress needs to be incremental yeah you can't just you can't just thrust that in our faces and and expect people not to be surprised or taken back by it and and i mean i guess if that's the desired effect if they're trying Mm -hmm. if they're trying to rattle cages i guess they're doing their job um, I just, I don't understand, you know, the one thing I don't really understand is the correlation between, um, the particular women who read comic books and feminism, but there is a correlation. I do know that a lot of women who read comic books are, do identify as feminist, mm-hmm. which is interesting because if we're talking men who read comic books, social status um, meaning, you know, class, uh, 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 ethnicity, um, sexual orientation, none of those things really have any sort of impact on, on guys. Like, we, it's just like, men, it's, we, we've been the, the dominant comic book reading yeah. gender for so long, and I don't know why that it is, that it, it seems to be that more forward-thinking women are the ones who happen to read comic books that I've found. That sounds like a blanket statement. I just, oh. I, I don't know many, like, basic type girls who just pick up a comic book. I think... Uh, By that, you know what I mean. As, yeah, and just from, a, like, an intellectual standpoint, um, the, well, I think it's because those are the type of females that will uh, read, just read books in general. That's true, and so this, this is, is really this is another this is another medium that it's was a really dumb. sensitive thing to point yeah. out. I feel kind but, of like there's no nice way of pointing it out. No, I mean, but that's we've talked about many times that back in the '90s and early 2000s, comic book shops were not inviting. Mm-hmm. They were creepy. They were shady. They were seedy. They were gross. They were grimy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even if you're a girl who's in that that stuff, I'm like, I'm I'm not saying. Like, gross, ew, girls aren't into that. It wasn't inviting. Like, you may have felt creeped out. Mm-hmm. Threatened when you went in there just because of the type of people. Even though they weren't threatening, it's just, like, that presence. Mm-hmm. And I I understand that. Um, and it's why I love, once again, we always, like, bring them out and talk about them on the show. But I like comics here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. The place is bright. It's open. It's kid friendly. It's shiny. It's shiny. There's toys. It's to me. It's like as a kid, I would have gone in there just yeah. for the toys. It's like oh, yeah. it's like half toy store. Yeah. In there. Oh man, that that place is like my favorite. To me, to me, going to I like comics. It's the best comic book shop that I've been inside, hands down. We love you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, it's like going to Disneyland. Like every time, <laughs> like I just go there and I just I just want to look at everything and they have so much. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they have so much but, cool stuff there. It's no, crazy. and I think that's that's. And when I go in there, 
uh, I see a lot of females there. And it's mm. awesome. I see a lot of women. Oh, yeah, I see no. a lot of girls. It's, that's see, great. That's great. And it's it's cool to see parents bringing their However kids. many non-stereotypical comic book reading types we can get. Yeah. By that, I mean... Let's break the, I mean the men, straight white male. I mean, I, I, by, <laughs> by that, I mean straight white males in their mid-20s. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, and... Uh, it's just, it was, it's really cool to be able to see parents bringing in their, their kids Mm -hmm. and like being like, okay, go pick out a comic book. Mm -hmm. Like that's just really cool to see. Um, whereas you weren't really seeing that before. And it's also cool, uh, to see like a guy come in with his girlfriend and so like, and then she's excited to be there too. Mm -hmm. Like that's. It's just I cool. remember my it's mom cool. used to not like taking me inside a couple comic book shops because of the amount of cleavage on the posters on the wall. Yeah, and that's that's becoming less. I mean, it's still there in the comic books. Amount. But, yeah. I, th- I think I said the amount. I, oh. I mean, I guess that's as good a word as any. Yeah. Just the sh- just sheer volume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, so, I I understand. I understand. I just, with the, with the comic books in general, and it's just... It's irritating, and DC's doing it better, in my opinion. Like DC has, um, they're a character called uh, Moon Knighter. Moon Knighter. Midnighter, uh, and he—I mean, he's gay, and he's kind of like the gay Batman. Mm-hmm. But he does have a power, which is uh, he can replicate. He can like foresee any move you're going to do, mm-hmm. and so he can combat it. Uh, and they have him make remarks here and there, but mm-hmm. it's like, that's not the defining ca- characteristic of this character. Gotcha. Like, he is just like with superheroes. What's this character's name again? Midnighter. I haven't read anything. And, uh, I mean, also has the most hilarious bit where it's Midnighter finds out who Dick, it's in the Dick Grayson run, mm-hmm. and Dick Grayson has this thing that kind of, uh messes with faces so uh-huh. that way you can't see who they are mm-hmm. because they're spies um and midnighter is like oh that's dick grayson i'd recognize that butt anywhere and oh so like gosh. it's just like that moment but uh, but that's an oh that's a that's a theme of, that's that's true that's a theme of dc comics with dick grayson is that he has the best butt in the world uh and all the females know it and all the gay males know it and uh, all the artists who draw him know it. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like, it's just in your face with Marvel. Like, every single Marvel, Marvel comic is just like, hey, we have gay characters. And it's like, okay. It's like... Doesn't make the quality of writing better. Yeah, it's like, I just wanted to know... Well, the thing I just don't understand. With I, the, the, main thing, the thing I don't understand is, I, and I do feel like this is a millennial thing. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I want to get to, to my, to my fave. Yeah. But um, I think it's a millennial thing to feel like if you attach yourself to these, um, alternative characters, yeah, it makes you look like you're cooler, more mm-hmm. hip, more in the now, yeah, and thus your word has more validity. Yeah. You're, you know, you're better. It's, and I don't know. I just, it, to me, it seems like a cheap cop out to saturate your pages with characters like that. When 
it doesn't. I mean, not even characters like that to saturate your pages with them doing things like that, mm. um, because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, and you, you, you can subtly, yeah, like you said, you can so, you, you can put in characters who are who are either gay mm-hmm. or you know whatever they happen to be. You you can put them into a story and and not have it totally be like okay yeah. that was out of left field yeah like what like, the what one was the point of that? comic that does it perfectly which i always praise this comic um because it does everything in my mind perfectly uh the miss marvel line um first of all introducing a muslim superhero uh is in the most like natural way possible and it's a huge part of her character but it's not always in your face. It's just part of her daily life, but they're not constantly being like, hey, remember, this character's Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, that same one introduces a character uh, who has two moms. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, hey, I have two moms. They're they're gay. It's like they show them in a scene. Okay. Like So, I, so it's like as if it's like this is just this person's life. And this, this is just... this person's life. We're not going to throw in your face. We're just... It's a tidbit of their backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then it shows their relationship. That's how it needs to be done. Yeah. You show their life as it normally would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't throw into the... It, to me, it's just like... You don't tell the audience with words. You show the audience. Mm-hmm. How a real person would go about their day. They don't go... Like, I have a couple of gay friends, and it's like, they don't, when they first met me, they weren't, they didn't go, hey, I'm gay. It was like, I found out naturally, through other means. Yeah. It's like, because I cared more about them as a person than yeah. with their sexual orientation. Well, that's the thing that's weird to me about the media, and the way the, the way the, it's the way the media portrays gay people that I think mm-hmm. actually... Has done them an injustice, yeah, except for by sexualizing, yeah, by sexualizing them, mm-hmm. not making it like, no, we are people who we're, we're a family like any other yeah. family. Yeah. Like you said, Modern Family does that. Yeah. Like we're just we're just like any other family. It's just this kid has two dads, or this mm-hmm. kid, or this child has two moms. Um, you don't need to rub the sexuality in people's faces because mm-hmm. I don't this is just coming from the bottom of my heart I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling weirded out by like if, if you're like if you're a girl like seeing mm-hmm. seeing two guys kiss or whatever like there's nothing wrong with like not wanting to see that yeah it's the acceptance of these are people they have feelings too mm-hmm. so they can they need to be included in, yeah. in a comic book medium, still, so to, they, need, they need to be recognized. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you have to make it about the sex yes. itself. Yeah, and yeah. I and I, and I think Hollywood, especially, hasn't done a very good job of mm-hmm. that. Every I mean, time, every every time you see a gay character in a TV show or in a movie, there's always some kind of comment. For instance. In uh, How I Met Your Mother, Barney knocks on the door, not Barney, Marshall knocks on the door of this gay guy, and the gay guy goes, wow, look at this tall drink of water, and you're mm-hmm. married to that little bit of a thing. How does yeah. that work? I'd like to find out. Yeah. 
those lines, uh, that's not a stereo, that's the, I'm, not, I'm not stereotyping PD, like, those lines exist by the thousands. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. In, 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 like, in Hollywood and I sitcoms. I mean, it's also, where it's, it's just... like, some, where they have some gay guy, mm-hmm. a caricature of a gay guy, mm-hmm. say something, m- m- make a pass at another male character who's yeah. not gay, yeah. a straight character, that happens a lot. Yeah. And... It doesn't, and it doesn't help the plight of gay people to be seen as individuals. Yeah. Outside of their sexual orientation. Yeah. And I think that also largely applies to straight characters, too. I don't want to see these characters having sex in comics. No! I don't care. No. Like, I really don't that's care. That's one thing that about both the comic book and the movie of Watchmen that I yeah. thought was totally unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and that's... I think... If you imply that these characters have slept together totally cool like i that's I, just reality I, yeah it's yeah uh be creative yeah doing the whole like you see naked backs you see the the butts and i sound super conservative right now and it's weird no but, no and, and honestly i felt that, like I, just, I felt that way a little bit in the alien covenant trailer yeah however i thought something about it was terrifying yeah and that captures the spirit of the franchise. Yes. So I didn't have a problem with it. That's cool. I don't. I don't. I don't know yeah. how you felt about it, but I thought the Alien Covenant trailer looks amazing. Yes. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to badmouth that. I think it's fantastic. I think you know, Alien's a fantastic franchise, and I'm excited that it's picking up. But uh, no one. One uh, point, like one example, is the Flash TV show. Where uh, Barry oh, yeah. is dating Linda Park, who mm-hmm. n- I didn't mention this when we were watching it, how much it bugs me. Oh yeah, but Linda Park is Wally West's wife. Oh yeah, like that's that bugs me. Like they took this show is ruining my character. <laughs> like yeah. I I still love the Flash. I still love the TV show, but it 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 just ruined Wally West. And yeah. uh, but yeah, he he lays out this huge awesome date it's like this is i would i would go on a date with this guy if i could do what he wanted to do <laughs> and so like and then she's like or we could just stay here yeah and, and then she, she jumps, jumps his on bones. It, literally like she jumps him and, and it's just like and then he had he's so yeah he, he had this great date yeah. planned out for them and then she does that and then he has to bail and we're supposed to feel sorry for this for this weak shallow character yeah who just wanted to jump Barry's bones, yeah. and that was a little annoying. I agree. Yeah. So the constant sexualization of characters in in comics and in movies, it's you know it's all Hollywood and it's the part of entertainment that I don't like is gratuitous, and that's my problem with um, Suicide Squad. Does the gratuity? Yeah. So uh, in a nutshell, go read DC Rebirth. And Miss Marvel. So my favorite reads um, of the year, or my favorite read was uh, what I read the first, I don't know how many issues, I think I read at least, I think I read at least 12 or 13 issues of uh, Star Wars. Yeah. And I thought those were all amazing. I need I need to carry on. I think the uh, Obi-Wan uh, diary entries were this year. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, 
I thought they did a good job carrying on with what would happen after episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, it still wasn't. I I I didn't quite like those uh, issues that I read as much as uh, Heir to the Jedi, mm-hmm. which is my favorite thing that's come out Star Wars wise in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Force Awakens and Rogue One, but. Yeah. Um, my least favorite, I don't really have a, le- a least favorite because the only things that I've read this year have been things that I liked. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like I really liked MMPR and I really, really liked Star Wars, so I suppose by default, Darth Vader. But then Darth Vader. Darth Vader's solid, man. Darth Vader is actually, it's more well written than MMPR. I think MMPR is more of a, uh, it's a nostalgia trip for me. Yeah. And it is done really well. There's more explanation. Um, Issue number six, I think it's six, five or six, is really, really cool where you find out there is um, a reason behind Tommy Oliver's choosing as the Green, you know, Rita choosing him as the Green Ranger, and uh, you find out that it was actually one of the original five Rangers who was Rita's first pick. Yeah. Based off his cunning in battle and how he single-handedly took down one of her monsters and who 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 it is who she was going to pick for a green ranger would i think would would shock anyone who is uh familiar with the old show so um yeah that about covers it i don't i don't have an actual least favorite but i suppose out of what i read the least well written would i think be power rangers just because darth vader and star wars were the only other current things that I read mm-hmm. this year um, for very long, besides reading the one shot of DC Rebirth, which was epic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read any of the Rebirth runs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... I think Star Wars is my very favorite. I just need to, I just need to pick up. Yeah. I got a little Star Wars out there for a little while. Um, we all did. Yeah, I but, mean, now, I read... but now I'm back into it. I'm back at it. How many books did I read? I think I read five Star Wars books. Did you read... You never read Weapon of the Jedi, did you? No. You never read Air? I'm halfway through Air. You might have to read have, have to read the beginning over. Do you remember it very well? Yeah, I remember where he left off, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to... I kind of want to read the synopsis again because I'm sure there's a lot of things that I forgot about. Yeah. But, anyways. Favorite recent read? That, because I, I read. For you, yeah. Go uh, ahead. Darth Vader number 25, which is the last issue of Darth Vader. Um, the series has ended, which makes me sad because it was awesome, but it, I mean, it ended. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful scene. And, can I say this? I know that you're probably going to read it one day. Darth Vader? Yeah. What's up? Like, this, this scene. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to say. I know. That's, it's a spoiler. That's why I want, I want to know. Ah! Beautiful scene. Like, Fine. I want, it's, what? uh, so, one of the last pages, uh, has Darth Vader have a vision, uh, as he's reaching out, and Luke is reaching back out to him. Mm-hmm. And it just w- ends with Darth Vader looking out into space, saying, soon. Oh, wow. And it's like this moment where 
Darth Vader wants his son to join him. Mm-hmm. And not in of like, not the way that Palpatine wanted Anakin to join him, but as, this is my son, mm-hmm. I love my son, mm-hmm. and I want him to be by my side in mm-hmm. evil. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah no like 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 in Empire Strikes Back as a yeah. kid I didn't buy it but Vader really meant it when he said you can yeah. destroy the Emperor yeah you can over you can overthrow him together you and I can rule the galaxy father and son yeah and even in the expanded universe in Shadows of the Empire they said the same way, same thing like Vader didn't want Luke to join the way Palpatine did yeah and he never had any intention. Even though he, he, he told Palpatine he will join us or die, he uh, in uh, Shadows of the Empire they said like he never had any uh, any plan to actually kill Luke. Yeah, he was never gonna let that happen. Yeah, and I and which that, we see with Return. That's that's kind of cool that um, you see that moment then. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful scene. But yeah, Darth Vader number twenty five, pretty thick. Like a lot. I mean, it's the end. It's the last issue. Uh, I will definitely be buying the trades, um, for the whole story arc, but... I need to buy those Star Wars trades to catch up. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Origins Adaptations, and, uh, our Twitter handle is O and A, or, yeah, O and A, um, at O and A, if you want to tweet at us with any comments. Um, but yeah, thank you guys.